My great-grandfather Jesse Strange was born a slave and freed in his 20s. His 12 children were born free and referred to as the first freeborn generation. In this podcast series, I interview Jesse Strange's descendants in order to document our stories. This is Strange Family Folklore. In this episode, I interview my mother about her older sister, Marjorie, who they called Margie. At first, Mom was hesitant to talk about her. That's okay. Well, Mom, you mentioned it, so go ahead and tell the story about you and Marjorie having a rocking chair. We had a rocking chair, like, so we would do everything together, and we loved cheese. Mother would always give us cheese. So then after Marjorie uh, died, I would sit and rock in her rocking chair, mother, give me cheese. And I'd say, oh, I want to save some for Margie. So mother would take what I want to give Margie. I guess she ate it or somebody ate it. (laughs) But she wouldn't tell me Margie not coming back because I didn't understand death. Although I saw her in the casket, but I thought she was just in a nice bed, you know, and I wanted to get in there with her. So... Mother would always ship me out somewhere so I wouldn't be, you know, around her asking about Margie when she coming back and all this. So you were about three when she died? Yes. But see, I can remember all that stuff. You know, it's it's only little stuff that you can remember when you're a little kid. You probably remember, too. Just bits and pieces. Yes. And I remember the day that she got burned. I remember... Before then, when grandma, daddy's mother came down and they all, these ladies out in the yard sitting and, you know, coming down because they got this new house. So grandma, daddy's mother was holding Margie and I wanted her to hold me because I'm the baby. And so I just went around her chair, just kept walking around and around. Grandma never would say, come here, baby, let me hold you. But she kept holding Margie. So mother say Margie was her favorite. So that's why she came back to get her. You know, in olden days, they always think there's a reason for everything. So mother felt like grandma came back to get Margie because she was so fond of her. But the truth was, this guy that helped daddy in tobacco, well, helped him on the farm. He was crazy about all of us, and he knew we liked the fireplace. So he said, I'm going to build a fireplace for my children. He would call us his babies. So he ended up drinking himself to death because he knew it was his fault that Margie caught on fire. There was nobody in the house but me, Margie, and Herbert. So Herbert was the oldest. And he told Margie to run outside. So the wind just covered her with the fire. And when mother came home and mother was about to have a hissy, she just hollering and crying. Margie said, don't cry, mother. I'm fine. She was burned so bad she didn't even have any feelings. And they took her to the hospital. and She died in the hospital after a few days. But I remembered her hair you know, had burned. She had burned so bad until she just didn't have any feelings. 
And mother saw her and she cried. And she said, I'm going to be okay. So that's why every time I say something about her, mother would just have a fit. She would just have to leave and cry. Was she still outside when Mama B came back? Mama B was what we grandchildren called my mother's mother. I think we were. To my knowledge, I think we were. Had Herbert gone to get them? Were they working in the field? You know, I really don't know where they were, but I don't know if Herbert went to get... No, I think the three of us were outside. So, I, you know, it just seemed like everything happened real fast. Oh, Mama B and Papa were outside nearby. They were working in the field, but I don't know how long it took them or who went and told them or what. All I remember, we were outside after Herbert told us to run outside. And now people know to stop, drop, and roll, but he didn't know that. (laughs) Right. Well, see, kids didn't know all that stuff back in the day. All you thought about is getting out the house. He didn't think about getting a blanket or something and wrapping her up. Well, Herbert was probably about eight himself, right? Okay. If I was three, Marjorie five, you heard about seven or eight. So really, see, we weren't supposed to have uh, a fire in the fireplace because mother and daddy never wanted one there when nobody there but us. But this man knew that we loved the fireplace. But we loved to stand in, you know, on the hearth, stand in front of it. But we were supposed to keep warm by the kitchen stove. My father, Carl Wayne Roberson, who's sitting beside mom, chimes in. You went in the right because you were drunk. Well, he probably had a hangover because... I'm thinking it was might have been a Monday morning. Well, Mom, if he's an alcoholic, they start off in the mornings. Well, no, he wasn't drunk then. But I say he probably had a hangover from the night before. No, I think he was a good worker. I don't think he got drunk until weekends. Wayne, tell me, did he have an education? Nobody had education back in the day. You went to elementary school and that was it. Uncle Jug didn't even go to elementary school. My great uncle Jug, Mama B's brother, was actually named James. Something I didn't know until I was well into adulthood, given our family's love for nicknames. He took his lunch out from the others and stayed somewhere till they came back. On the old tree. And when they came back, he'd come on, walk home with them like he'd been to school all day. And see, the teachers, they're not going to tell your parents. Back in the day, they didn't even, I'm wondering if they did roll call. (laughs) But they didn't tell your parents anything. But see, Uncle Jug just had a mind to do things. But he had no education. I don't think he had a first grade education. So his children would read contracts and stuff to him? Oh, he got other people to read stuff to him. Because see, he and his wife separated before the kids even finished elementary school. He and his wife separated. But Uncle Jug was a very nice guy, I tell you. He saw to it that his sisters all were, you know, being treated fairly, that they all had what they needed. Go visit them just about every day, like he was their keeper. (laughs) Mom, tell me about how we got land from the former enslaver. Okay, my daddy's father, Jesse, his master gave him land. Did you ever go down to where Gene and them used to live, all 58? I know a truckload of them went down there, visit the land. Did you ever go? No. You mean during the hayride? They just took a trip down there sometime during the family reunion. I didn't go. 
but it's where Gene them used to live. The master gave Grandpa that land. Then Grandpa bought that land up in Cascade, where we were. You just so, don't hear of enslavers given their former slaves land. I mean, sometimes you hear that they give them a little money, but wasn't this unusual? I don't know. All I know is he gave grandpa that land down there and grandpa was very courageous himself. So after he got that land, he came up to Cascade and bought that house that Uncle Daniel lived in, bought all that land. And see, that land was, you know what the wooden school is up there. The wooden school mom's describing was actually called Cascade Elementary School. You know, the wooden school, I told you I went to elementary school. I know you went to elementary school, but I didn't know what it was called. Okay, that wooden school is where I went to elementary school. Okay, the land across from there is where my grandfather's land started. From there, all the way down to where, what's his name, Lawrence. You know my cousin Lawrence Strange and Sunny Boy? Yes. You know where their houses are down. Sonny Boy got a mobile home. Lawrence got a house. Okay, it went all the way down there. That's what Grandpa bought up in Cascade. So then he moved up to Cascade in that house where Uncle Daniel lived. Now, Mom, isn't Sonny Boy Ted? Yes, we were always used to calling him Sonny Boy. <laughs> so Grandpa bought all that land, and then they divided among the children. But see, Uncle Jesse had that down uh, the first house. But then when they divided, all the siblings got their share. Mom, do you know the former enslaver's last name? And do you think that he gave your grandfather land because he was his son? I don't think he was his son. I'm thinking he was just a a good worker. And when they set the slaves free, he just gave him the land down there, all 58. That's just an unusual story, especially if we were not related to him. That's what I heard. Was your grandfather light-skinned? No. You know Jean's daddy, Jesse, right? Barbara Jean and my mother are first cousins since their fathers were brothers. I can't picture him. Well, you know Gene's son, Bryant? Yes. Well, Bryant, same complexion Uncle Jesse was. Just about like Alec. Alec, one of my nephews, is half Nigerian. Skin color is craziness because you have, even within Gene's family, they have a range of colors. I know. Within their siblings, yeah, from very light, that don't even look black to unmistakably black. And see, just like my brothers, we are three different shades. Orlando and Marjorie, the same shade. Herbert and I about the same. Clarence and Floyd about the same. Right, you just went from darkest to lightest. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, we had three different shades in our family. Dad's mother was light, and the daddy was like Uncle Jesse. But you don't remember Uncle Jesse, do you? I do. The one who always uh, dyed his hair. Oh, no, that's Uncle Jug. Oh, you know what? He's the memorable one. He really is. Every time you say Uncle Jesse, I picture Uncle Jug. Uncle Jug had that beautiful hair girl. All hair is beautiful, Mom. See, we're going to disagree now. (laughs) It was Uncle Jesse, Aunt Nanny, and Aunt Berta had nice wavy hair. Mother's hair is like a natural jerry curl. 
but she didn't like it that way. So she always pressed hers. Pressing hair was one of the first methods Black people used to straighten the naturally thick, coarse texture of their hair. This was accomplished by using a hot comb, also called a pressing comb, which was a heated metal comb that had a wooden handle. I'm glad the hot comb days are over. Hey, how about that? <laughs>